Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone. Nice cold open tonight. I did not feel like going to find Tom's music that opens the show. Um, Yes, I am alone tonight. I have finally completely taken over the Burn Barrel podcast. It is all mine. This is Alice Shattuck here. Um, And uh, Tom may be back at some point, but uh, right now he's indisposed. So the story is that Monday night, um, we had a kid who spent the entire night Throwing up in the bathroom, on our bed, on us, in the hallway, everywhere that you could throw up, he threw up. So um, that was our Monday night. So Tuesday, we were exhausted. He eventually started to feel better and keep down some liquids. Uh, Today, after school, our daughter came home from school and she started throwing up. So that was exciting. We happened to be out of the house at the time, picking up our other kids. We got home um, and I took our son to Cub Scouts and while I was gone, Tom started throwing up. So Tom is now indisposed. He is lying in bed in horrific pain. He cannot do the show. It is just me tonight. So I am here bringing you the Burn Barrel podcast all by myself without the customary music because like I said, it was already a hassle setting everything up to go to my computer instead of his. Uh, but we're going to have a good time tonight. I have some fun things to play for you anyway. And um, and it's good. Just me today. So there you go. We were at Awake in 180 today also. And um, we did both lose some weight. We've slowed down a little bit. I'm hoping it's just because we're sick. And, uh, you know, maybe this stomach bug will, you know, accelerate the weight loss a little by the time we're done here. So you never know. Anyway, um. So let's go. What's happening in the world today? Uh, Well, basically, speaking of weight, actually, I kind of said this the other day, and I feel like people think I'm joking when the left is like seriously trying to make it a thing that fatness is um, an oppressed class and you can't do anything about it. And that saying people should be skinnier is actually like oppression and bad. But then I stumbled on this today. This is from the um, LA public schools are running this and it features an actual 
nutritionist. The LA Public Schools shared this video. And are you ready for this? Let's see. This is somebody's TikTok featuring a nutritionist about good and bad foods, right? And I'm the first to know that the school districts have not always been on the right track with the good and bad foods that they tell you about, right? Like when I was a kid, I learned in the food pyramid that you should eat most of your food in like grains and carbs all day. And then like meats were at the top when actually it's, of course, the opposite that you should do. Uh, the one thing they were right about is that the sugars shouldn't be on the top. Um, but anyway, so now they're on to a new thing, which is this. I got us donuts. Those are so bad for you. Oh, no. Are they moldy? I mean, no. are they poisoned? Are you allergic? No, I'm just saying. Mm. You're judging my food choices based on a false standard of health again, aren't you? Guilty. So, yeah. So, basically, if you say that some foods are bad for you and some foods are good, you are judging food based on a false set of standards, right? So you're actually judging somebody else and looking down on them as a person because of their food choices. You're judging my food choices again, right? And you might think that's insane, but here's the actual nutritionist to weigh in. Diet culture, fat phobia, and systems of oppression have created false hierarchies of food and it shows up everywhere. For instance, harmful thought patterns like earning food through exercising or that dessert is the reward for the punishment of eating vegetables. Remember that you do not need to earn food. We are all incorrectly taught from a young age that our size and therefore the foods that we eat are markers of our self-worth. Moralizing food can lead to harmful relationships with food and disordered eating. I'm not in favor of disordered eating either. Of course, none of us want a toxic relationship with food and feeling like guilt and shame over eating. However, to extend that concept to say there's no such thing as good and bad foods and that there are false hierarchies and systems of oppression in the food industry because somebody says that you shouldn't eat a full plate of donuts for breakfast is not oppression. That's not real. That's not something that needs to happen. It's literally just food that's bad for you and it's cheap to make and they have a bunch of subsidies on these industries like the corn industry that does all the sugar and stuff and that's what allows those foods to be cheap and plentiful when other foods are not. That's what turns those into foods that a lot of people aren't able to eat. I mean, sorry, that a lot of people, that's all they're able to eat like because that's all they can afford, right? And or the food that's provided in the public schools, right? In the free lunches and the free breakfasts that the public schools provide. A lot of times it's not the healthiest foods. A lot of times it's total junk because it's based on terrible science. But anyway, this is worse. Instead of focusing on good and bad choices, try to approach food with neutrality in mind. The Tell only the foods that are bad for you are foods that contain allergens, poisons, and contaminants. So th literally the only foods that are bad for you is if you're allergic to it. That is news to me because I can tell you that it, since Tom and I started this new food program, I have felt so much better. I absolutely 100% know that there are foods that are better for me and foods that are worse for me. And I think we all know it too. And I say this as somebody who's one of the biggest aficionados of McDonald's on planet Earth. I love McDonald's. I love Big Macs. When I was pregnant, I would order two Big Mac meals and I would order a shake instead of a drink. Okay? Like sick behavior. Because I love that stuff. It's so good. But 
deep down, I know, and I think we all know that it's not the healthiest life choice. And I'm not allergic to it either, okay? It's not that I'm allergic. It's just that I know it's not good for me. And I feel terrible after I eat it, not because of shame or guilt or oppressive food hierarchies that have been forced on me by the culture, but because that stuff is literally terrible for you, because it's actually killing you and it affects like my anxiety, my mood, my mental health, like just everything. I know this stuff isn't good for me. You all know that this stuff isn't good for you too. I love that stuff, but I'm telling you, I feel what I feel. We all know that this is true. We know that there's food that's good for you and bad for you. This isn't a new invention. So I find this interesting that the left is now like fully embracing this position. But let's see how they finish up here. Or food that is spoiled or is otherwise inedible. Eat without guilt, regardless of what society says. Oh, good. Perfect. Really, these are the people that want to save everybody from themselves, right? Regardless of what society is, just eat what you want. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel shame. They want you to be fat and miserable and unhappy and unhealthy. They really, really do. And when I say you, I mean everybody. And I mean the people who can least afford to listen to them because they're going to be in for a lifetime of expensive medical care that they can't afford. It 100% is an industry that's trying to keep you unhealthy. Now, if you want to know the crowning, just cherry on top of this whole video that the LA Public Schools shared as health advice to their students, who I assume should not be following this health advice. Like we have an obesity crisis in this country and the advice that the government is giving people is don't feel guilty, just eat up the McDonald's. Anyway, so this nutritionist, black nutritionist that they quote that you should eat without guilt and that there's no such thing as good and bad foods and you should not focus on whether or not things are a smart food choice. This nutritionist, black nutritionist, actually works for a- another company as well. She's not just uh, the nutritionist quoted by the LA Public Schools. If you go to her LinkedIn, she actually is a senior scientist on nutrition and ingredient research for Mondelez International. Yes, that's the company that makes like Oreos and Chips Ahoy and all that sort of thing. This is her job. Is She develops that junk. Uh, so here, the components in their company include Cookie and Cracker Brands, Belvita, Chips Ahoy, Oreo, Ritz, Triscuit, Sour Patch Kids, uh, let's see, Toblerone, Cadbury, Green and Black's Freya, Marabou, Fries, Lacta, Trident, Dentine, Chiclets, Halls, Stride, Tate's Bake Shop, Cookies, and Tang. So really, I mean, all extremely healthy choices, as you can see. So would we say that this pure of heart scientist really just wants you to focus not on good and bad food choices because she completely just cares about you and wants you to feel great? I would say not. I would say that the actual system of oppression here is the one that she works for that keeps feeding people this junk that's killing them and making them sick, right? I, the idea that we're telling people, especially having just gone through this pandemic, right? Who was at risk in this pandemic? Yes, the very elderly were at risk, but who else was at risk? People with weight problems, people with diabetes were seriously at risk, people with heart problems. This was really a disease of, you know, it was it was a lung disease, but it was also a disease of the heart and, and the vascular system, right? This was a problem with people's 
uh, heart heart function and and blood oxygenation levels, right? This was something that was going on that was affecting people who were already at serious risk of bad health outcomes because of their weight. And it's something that we don't talk about in the U.S. enough because everybody talks about how we spend so much on healthcare and we have some of the worst health outcomes in the world. A lot of the countries that people compare to us when they talk about this have much, much less obesity in their society. They just do. They eat way less processed food. They eat way less of this junk. And again, once again, I say this as somebody who really likes processed food. McDonald's is popular because it freaking tastes good, okay? I don't care what anybody says. It's delicious and it's inexpensive. It's a great treat to have from time to time. But there are a lot of people out there who make extremely processed foods, their diets, oftentimes because they don't have access to other stuff. And people like this, who tell us that they're, quote, fighting oppression, oh, the systemic oppression of being told that you should eat healthy food. Are we serious right now? Because I can tell you that the systemic oppression that you're causing by telling people to continue to eat bad foods is way, way worse. You're the one oppressing people. You're the one who's trapping people in bad health outcomes. You think the fact that people of color and poor people in this country have way worse health outcomes than wealthier people is is just a function of the fact that doctors and hospitals are so racist? Like, no, it's not that. It's not the doctors and hospitals that are racist. It's you that's racist, you going out here and telling people that there's no such thing as bad food choices and being hugely, hugely overweight is gorgeous and beautiful and wonderful and should be celebrated. And yeah, eat the donuts for breakfast. There's no such thing as bad choices. What are you allergic to them or something? Well, I'm telling you, every single person on this earth is allergic to eating the amount of terrible sugary processed foods that people eat in this country and it it's gonna kill you sooner or later it just might take a little longer than a standard issue allergy but anyway but that's a left telling people to eat healthy food is literally oppression and you should check your privilege i guess that's where we are as a country now so congrats to us this is what we have and i mean i've seen it with other stuff too they, they had like a little bit of a mini news cycle. I think this was like last year or so where they told us that fitness culture was attracting too many right-wing extremists and white supremacists and whatever. And so that was literally extremism and a gateway to to being a neo-Nazi if you get too fit or spend too much time at the gym. It really is sometimes I think like the left hates you and wants you to be miserable and die. Like I, when I see the things they tell you to do with your life, I really think sometimes that that's like their end goal. But what do I know? Anyway, I'm going to calm down because that story just really made me mad. But anyway, anyway, the Mandela's international nutritionist uh, that's selling you Sour Patch Kids while telling you there's no such thing as bad food choices is not a good person. The LA Public Schools should not be uh, publishing her telling kids what to eat and not eat, or in this case, not telling them what to not eat at all. And um, and this is just one more reason to get your kids out of terrible public schools that are that hate you. But anyway, on to other things. Uh, last night was a primary election night in the state of New Hampshire which was pretty exciting. Of course, uh, Scott Brown is a big friend of the show and um, great guy. His wife, Gail Huff, was running for Congress in New Hampshire. Uh, She's great. 
she's a really cool and fun person. They're a great family. I kind of thought the writing was on the wall for this congressional race. Uh, this uh, young woman, Caroline Levitt, who worked under Kaylee McEnany, I think really had this from the beginning. I said this to Tom. I can't remember if I said it on the show, to be honest. So I may just be telling you that I made this prediction without ever having publicly made it. But I know I said it to Tom, if he remembers. Um, he's conveniently not here to fact check that. But I actually, really, I did. This is true. Um, so anyway... Caroline Levitt won the race, uh, like I said, worked at Trump's White House under Kaylee McEnany. This was sort of in New Hampshire, really a race to be the most Trump aligned, right, in in all these Republican primaries. Um, so she won, I think, you know, the, the Democratic Party, obviously, in New Hampshire and nationally is celebrating these results. Uh, she won and um, this guy, uh, Bolduc. One who's also a, a more MAGA Republican compared to the guy who's actually like the president of the New Hampshire Senate, who he beat, who was endorsed by Sununu and all this stuff was really the establishment candidate. Of course, of course, because they're them, the Democrats spent $3 million, $3 million propping up the more Trumpy Republican campaign running ads in a pack against his opponent who was more moderate and like I say endorsed by Sununu and all this stuff so that they could have the more far right wing candidate to run against this is in the senate race um and uh you know so so typically so the national senate the democratic senate campaign committee spent money in this race so that they would have what they feel is a, is a less strong candidate in november on the republican ticket $3 million they spent. And then they turn around and go, this man is too extreme. He's a threat to democracy. We can't. They've done this in a bunch of other races, just like they got rid of that guy, Peter Meyer, who was one of the few Republicans who voted to impeach Trump. And they praised him politely and then spent a bunch of money on his primary opponent's race. So, you know, they... It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's going to be it's hard to take you seriously that people are a threat to democracy and they can't be elected if you uh, spend money trying to get them on the ticket because you really are, when you do that, increasing their chances to win the seat. Some of these candidates, the Democrats spend money on because they thought they were the weaker candidates. Some of them will win their races. I don't know if it'll be the New Hampshire ones, um, but some of them certainly will. So, um, but you know, I want the Republicans to win everywhere because, uh, that's my team and that's what I'm for. And, you know, I, I'm probably on the extreme side myself, so I, it doesn't bother me that they're uh, for the right candidates. Um, but, you know, and, and I don't necessarily buy that moderates are more likely to get elected either. I don't think it always works that way. You know, I Dr. Oz is running in Pennsylvania, and I don't think he was necessarily the strongest candidate, even though he's a moderate. I don't I don't think that that necessarily helps him here. I think the fact that he's an out of state, out of touch guy, you know, does more to harm him than the fact that he's a moderate on some of these things helps him. So we'll see. I, that's a race that should be winnable. I, that's one that, you know, I, I know the polling doesn't show it right now, but I just 
don't see how anyone in their right mind could elect this guy Fetterman. I realized that he had a bit of a cult following from before, but after his stroke and stuff, this guy is just not in good shape. He doesn't sound good when he talks and you can hear it. His health is obviously messed up. And then on top of that, I mean, like, I don't think Oz is a great candidate either, to be frank with you. I I think it's a little bit of a tough choice for the voters of Pennsylvania. I'm sorry that they have to do it. But I just think that I don't see how the guy can get elected. I, I, I don't see how the voters do it. Um, but the left is all in for him. So if he does win, that's why. Um, NBC went after um, went after people who've been posting videos of Fetterman and claiming they've been doctored. So they've been going through and, and saying, you know, they wrote a whole article saying that, like, these videos appear to be doctored. And they wrote to TikTok uh, and Twitter to try and get the videos taken down. TikTok did take some of them down. Um, and these aren't doctored videos. So I don't know where this leads, but like if this is the path that the Hunter Biden's laptop stuff takes us down, where so-called news organizations just call up Twitter and TikTok and Facebook and say, we need you to take this down. This looks to be misinformation. It's so dangerous. And we've seen more and more documentation of this. That the government was involved in doing this in a lot of cases. The government was involved in getting Alex Berenson's Twitter taken down. I don't even like Alex Berenson. Stop making me defend the guy. I think he's wrong about a lot of stuff. Okay. Like I think he deliberately misinterprets data. That being said, he should never have been taken off Twitter. Okay. He's not posting disinformation he's posting real stuff i i disagree with his interpretation of it but like the guy should be allowed on twitter especially especially if the government is working with twitter to try and get him taken down it's so outrageous it's absolutely a violation of the first amendment and if this is the path that we're going down with this stuff where major news organizations are calling up tiktok and saying you need to take down these videos these are misinformation about you know a a Senate candidate, this guy is going to be a powerful guy if he's elected to the Senate. They're going to try and get him elected by by censoring people who post real videos of him online. That's just incredible to me that that's like where the news organizations are. But of course, the news organizations are completely in the tank for for these candidates and for the Democratic Party in general. Right. This is what they do. A lot of them like work for each other. Yeah, Jen Psaki just started her job, I think, at MSNBC. Uh, Brian Stelter's laid off from CNN, but now he's getting a cushy Harvard fellowship where he's going to, of all things, of all things, get this, the guy is going to teach students about threats to our democracy. Like, are we serious right now? Are we serious? This revolving door of jobs for these people who just... it's such a grift and they're such liars and such dirtbags. Ryan Stelt is the person who sat there and took Avenatti seriously as a candidate for president who took the Julie Swetnick weird conspiracy theories seriously. This is why I have no time for the left telling me about disinformation and dangerous conspiracy theories and threats to our democracy and QAnon because they believe stuff that is literally just as crazy. And unlike the right, where that's sort of a fringe thing, they like have it on their mainstream news channels. Like 
MSNBC airs people who are as nuts as any QAnon person spouting things that are just as unbelievable and absurd. A bunch of left-wing blue checks this week were all on Twitter speculating that Trump was secretly arrested because he flew to D.C. in golf clothes. Okay, like, I don't know anything about flying in golf clothes, I'll be the first to admit, but like... I don't know why he was in D.C., but he's not secretly arrested. When people on the right say stuff like this about Biden, it just. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details gets like laughed off when the when people on the left say stuff like this about Trump that that he's been arrested or that you know Mueller's finally closing in all this this gets like treated as serious and a bunch of blue check people on Twitter all act like this is real they've got the wine moms of the world eating out of their hand and believing all this stuff that they just post about on Twitter and Facebook all the time I mean like I I know people like this like moms in the suburbs I live in who seriously have been disappointed now for like, what are we on six, seven years of like believing Trump's like really going to be arrested any second and Don Jr. is going to spend the rest of his life in prison, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And they really think this. I, I don't really know people who are like very into right wing conspiracy theories. But again, that's because on the right, that's more fringe. And on the left, like, completely wacko stuff is totally mainstream like everybody's all into it together so I don't know (sighs) that's where the left is right now that's you know what what's happening they're censoring people who are posting real videos of their candidates so that people can see them because they want absolute incompetent insane people elected you know I I think about this sometimes because I think about like I live in Massachusetts, obviously. So we have crazy people running our state. And like, especially because there's total uniparty rule and it's so rare that these politicians ever have real challengers. I think we have like one of the lowest rates even of primary challenges in Massachusetts, which is surprising, but it's just a wait your turn kind of state. Like incumbents have a huge advantage and they're really treated very favorably by the election laws here. So anyway, so it's so rare that they really have challengers that like the crop of politicians in Massachusetts are just like awful. And I think like I see states like Florida where they have candidates like Nikki Haley, or not Nikki Haley, sorry, uh, Nikki Freed. 
Nikki Haley's not terrible. I like her. Sorry, I'm thinking of Nikki Freed, the like agriculture lady in Florida who ran for governor and who was just like a ridiculous joke. And then they have um, that chick running against Matt Gates, Rebecca Jones, who's just a total grifter. She's the quote like data scientist that Ron DeSantis fired because she was a psycho who was like hacking into the state's like tech systems. Anyway, so. Long story short, they have candidates like this. Pepper's back here, as you can see. Hi, Pepper. Well, if you're watching video, if you're just listening on audio, then you just hear a weird panting in my microphone, which I promise it's Pepper, the dog. Um, so anyway, so I see these states that are like normal states and they have these insane whack job candidates and they like lose their races. Whereas in Massachusetts, we also have insane whack job candidates, but they end up like being your state rep for 45 years. So that's the difference, I guess, is like in Massachusetts, the craziest people run the show. So I, I don't know, but oh, I really, really hope that there's like a massive red wave uh, somehow and it reaches Massachusetts and Jeff Deal wins because if Mara Healy runs this state, we are in big, big trouble. Because speaking of crazies, I, I don't know like how we're going to do it here. Um, it just, it you know, it's one thing after another in this state. I was just reading up on, uh, uh, we have a, a thing now in Massachusetts where a bunch of towns have started to ban new gas hookups for new construction buildings. This was like signed in August. A bunch of towns had been pushing for this for a long time to be allowed to kind of override state building codes and say like we're not allowing any new construction of um, of gas hookups in any buildings. Because they've decided, among other things, that natural gas is, you know, contributing to the problem. Even though the switch to natural gas has, like, really driven down the total carbon usage of our country quite a bit. Um, if that's, you know, what you care about, which environmentalists say is what they care about, but it's actually not, as we all know, because then they would, like, for example, embrace nuclear, which they don't. So, anyway, uh, Massachusetts is starting to, like, a bunch of towns are starting to ban new gas hookups. And... Charlie Baker signed this into law the the other a few weeks ago in August. Um, you know this new climate law that's going to allow them to do this, and it's going to spread with Maura Healy. It's not just going to be towns are allowed to do it. It's going to come for your town too, because in this state, you know, and she said she agrees with it. Um, you know, she had struck down the the town's trying to do this previously because it wasn't in state law yet. And she said, you know, I agree, but it has to be through state law. So now it's in state law that they can do it. But trust me, when she is governor, this is going to go further because they don't need, um, you know, to make sure they have enough votes to override Charlie Baker's veto anymore. You know, now at least they aren't going to lose the moderate Democrats because they need to always have enough votes to override this veto that Charlie Baker has. So they always need to make sure there's like enough of a consensus to get things over his veto. When you have Governor Maura Healey in this state, if you have Governor Maura Healey, it's going to be a free for all. They're going to do whatever they want. It's going to be not just driver's licenses for illegal immigrants. It's going to be no new fossil fuels. It's going to be mandatory electric vehicles. That's another thing that's coming down the pike. California did it and we're on their plan. So it's going to come here too. And the crazy thing is that 
this stuff that they mandate and make you do and everything else, it's not actually better. It doesn't actually do any of the stuff or help with any of the things that they say it does. Because once again, it's not really about carbon emissions, right? Like it's this, this isn't what they care about. What they care about is making sure that you are following what they tell you to do, right? They want to make sure that you're listening to them and you're buying the right car and the right groceries and you have your groceries in the right bag and you take them home in a car that's efficient and you go to your house that has solar panels on it and it doesn't have a gas hookup and every other thing. And they're pushing this stuff and and it's it's going to affect every aspect of our lives and and it's coming for you. You know the stuff with the gas cans, like when you get a gas can and you have to fill it up because you need to put gas in your lawnmower or whatever else and the gas cans used to work but then they all came out with special caps on them that are impossible to get to work and you end up spilling gas everywhere because you have to use the stupid gas cap. Everything in your life is about to be like that, right? You're going to have a stupid electric car that weighs a bajillion, gajillion pounds and isn't really more efficient and it's if you have like a pickup truck, it's not going to have the capacity to like tow the way you would other things in, in a regular gas powered car. Everything in your life is just going to be a little bit worse with Mara Healy as governor. And, I, you know, I have a good friend on Twitter who every time she sees one of these things in a state like California, she's like coming to you, Governor Mara Healy. If you like this, you're going to love Governor Mara Healy because it's true. It's true. Everything that California does that's dumb that has ruined their state is gonna come here and it's gonna come for you and it's disappointing because Massachusetts is an awesome state and a great place to live just like California should be right and it it's just so sad and unfortunate and it's sad and unfortunate because the left just everything they do turns into a mess it Donald Trump said that a little more succinctly when he said everything woke turns to bleep, of course. But, um, you know, I I think you guys get the idea that, that everything they touch and try and improve and make better, everybody that they try to help ends up with their lives destroyed, right? That's what's happening here. You can see how they've tried to help poor people in failing schools in the inner cities. You can see how they've tried to help crime-ridden neighborhoods. You can see how they've tried to help people that are desperately unhealthy who are overweight and obese. You can see how they've tried to help the addicted and the homeless and the mentally ill in places like California. You can see how exactly how much good that their help does. And they're going to bring that same care and compassion to the climate crisis and to everything else, your schools, your home, and make sure that you're making the right choices because they are extremely compassionate and they care and it's going to turn out just as great as the streets of San Francisco. I can promise you that. So anyway, see now I'm mad I'm worked up again. This is why I need Tom here to keep me laughing because this is just an angry show and I don't know if you guys are going to want to listen to this to be honest with you but we can think of Tom suffering in the next room. Um and hopefully that will make everyone feel a little bit better. Um, also, uh, Amtrak is canceling a bunch of trains because um, the uh, there's about to be a big strike. So that that's a problem because if there's an actual rail shutdown, like an actual strike of the people that do rail... We're going to have big problems. That's, you know, our fertilizer. That's agricultural products. That's ethanol. That's, I mean, like, 
this is going to be bad if uh, if the trains stop in our country. But that's where we are. Amtrak has started canceling some trains. Hopefully this isn't a trend that continues. Um, but, you know, this is Biden's America. Rampant, crazy inflation, trains stopping, strikes, everything is just going really, really well. Um, meanwhile, British people are so organized that they're waiting in an orderly line to see the queen that's like, days long the 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 line to like have visitation at the at the queen's like coffin to to see her to walk through people are like camping out at it and it's I mean I know British people are really good at waiting in lines but like it's like on the news coverage like where the line is now so that's that's how organized England is I mean they have other problems like they don't have free speech and stuff like that but you know uh, trade-offs, I guess. So anyway, I think I should probably start to wind down here. I'm probably next. I'll probably, Tom will probably be doing the show alone tomorrow because I'll have this. Hopefully I don't get it this weekend because we're supposed to go see the Red Sox. And actually last time we were at the Red Sox game in the luxury box, which is the only time I've been to a Red Sox game, I was also desperately ill and with a like stomach flu, whatever bug, nauseous out of my mind like could barely focus on the game but Tom insisted that I had to go because it was like the only time in my life I'd experience a Fenway luxury box so I dragged myself there and I was so so sick so I'm hoping not to repeat that experience this time but in worse seats that's my goal so uh, hopefully if I'm gonna get the stomach bug I get it like soon sooner rather than later but anyway I'm gonna head over to the chat chat now because some of you were kind enough to leave messages. I'm sorry Tom's not there to hear them. Maybe he'll listen to the show later. Hopefully. Hopefully. I uh, saw a commercial, uh, Walgreens commercial, of uh, this kid who couldn't be no more than six years old saying, I got I got a vaccine shot to, to make sure my little sister didn't get doesn't get sick. And, and then it pans to the little sister and she's like, like a newborn. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> propaganda. Yeah. Propaganda. I mean, kids of any age have not been at any risk of COVID. This is not a thing. Children aren't at risk from COVID unless they have extremely serious health issues. We need to stop with this. We need to stop. And they're pushing, you know, these new booster shots like people over age 12 are eligible for the new shots. Our doctor's office already emailed us telling us that we can go take them in. I'm not going to. I mean, are we serious right now? Like why? It's not a risky disease for kids. Anyway, on to the next message. Let's see. Yeah. Hi, not Steve from Merrimack. Hi, not Steve. I just wanted to comment on the... uh the Melrose folks who were complaining Uh, about their children being upset by displays at Melrose Renaissance Day or whatever it was. Right. You guys are missing the larger point, and I want you to bear with me here. Okay. The larger point is that children who grow up coddled by parents like this who are forced to avoid anything that upsets them turn into grown adults who become fodder for zombies when the zombie apocalypse happens. Mm. So what you're really doing is you're trying to cut down on the zombies feasting on these people while the rest of us normals 
get away. Uh, just my two cents. Okay, true. But think about this, not Steve from Merrimack. Um, don't they then, once they get feasted on by the zombies, also turn into zombies? So doesn't that just lead then to more zombies for the rest of us to deal with once all those ones are gone? That's my only concern about that strategy. Um, okay, who's next here? Let's see. Oh, how's it going? Uh, this is uh, Ben, but all my buddies call me Deuterino. So <clears throat> I, I attend the College of uh, University of Kentucky, and uh, all me and my other frat bros, we'd like to congratulate uh, Alex, Alex Shattuck on being uh, the smartest babe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciated. So we were all wondering, like, uh, if she'd like to come down and party with all us and the frat boys, you know, down here in UK. Oh, uh, hey, Tom, by the way, uh, you have a friend down here. Uh, he's really uh, sad. Lear, uh, let me get the phone to him. Well, Tom, I'm so wasted. Oh. <laughs> Is that Tom's man, bike? That bike sounds <laughs> sad, man. All right, let us know what you think. All right, I won't be making it down to Kentucky, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, you probably don't want me there because I'm probably about to get a terrible stomach bug and um, throw up all over the front, which I'm sure if Tom were here, I would tell you it's not would not be the first time I've done that, but for obviously very different reasons. Let's see, who else do we have here? What happened to this one? This one's frozen, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, let's see which one's going to work here. I don't know if the chat chat messages are working. Okay. Hey, Tom and Alice, I got to apologize. I'm a little behind catching up on the podcast. So I was just listening to the episode where a big guy has some complaints about his seat assignment on the plane. Mm. Uh, No mercy for you, dude. You got to get to the plane on time. If you can't get to the airport on time, like the rest of us schmucks, you get the seat you get. And you're lucky JetBlue gave you your old seat. I do understand that, but I do think they should at least refund the difference if you paid for a better seat. That's my view. I probably would have pushed to get the refund, but he got the seat. So all's well that ends well. As far as the window seat, Alice, I'm a little disappointed you're agreeing with Tom on this. If you want to look out the window, then you need to reserve the window seat. It's not the job of the person in the window seat to make sure you can look out the window. They want to look out the window? Fine. They want to look out the window? Fine. It's tough. Sorry, guys. Hey, have a good one. Love the show. Uh, I'm still not with you on this one. I have to say, I think it's like the, I mean, like, you don't get to be leaning over them peering out the window if you don't get the window seat. But I just think it's like a plain etiquette thing, like not leaning back your seat like I don't think you should recline your seat on the plane like I realize there's a button there that allows you to recline the seat and you can do that actually but I think it's sort of rude and weird to do it just like you know I think that if you get an aisle seat you also need to get up and move when people need to use the bathroom you know and you can't like set up a big set up so that people can't get in and out because that's how it goes so I don't know there's pluses and minuses to all the seats I tend to be a fan of getting the window seat myself because I like looking out the window but I also think that closing the window on a plane is weird and I judge you if you do it so that's I guess where I end up falling on that let's see who else 
I've been hearing about these Apple podcast delays from you guys this week. And yes, seems to be like resolved I noticed now, that actually. one wasn't up when you guys both came back from vacation. But I, I did hear Tom's solo show, unless he did another one and I just missed it. But no, I heard his one. solo show. And See, that's that was so interesting. On, that was on my Apple podcast. So I, I wonder if it was just certain, certain people's podcasts. So I do wonder about that, actually, now that you bring that up, because I did see like, so I was in the Apple podcast connect interface and looking at the analytics, and it had like a few listens, but then it, I think it went away. So I think that there must have been some window in time where the episode did get to some people before it went away. So I don't know what happened there, but I can tell you the number of listens was not normal. So so you were one of the lucky few. You were blessed to be able to hear Tom a few days earlier than everybody else did. So congratulations. Um, or apps weren't loading them up, but I did hear it. Um, also, I was listening to last night's episode and I heard that little fourth grader talking about, you know, how whiteies are all the same and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I also, in talking about racism and such, used the word colored people. I caught that too. I think someone (laughs) needs to tell that little guy that um, we don't say colored anymore. Yeah, that's a tough one. Because that's racist. Yeah, I thought about that. And then I didn't want to say that on the podcast uh, because it makes me uncomfortable to even like say that that way out loud. Side note, my uh, grandmother used to use that word for black people, and I, it always made me cringe. And she was, like, super into not being racist, too, um, but she was just from Indiana. Shout out Justin from Indiana. She was from Terre Haute, and, like, that's – she, you know, was big into civil rights, was big into, like, being a liberal – um, my grandparents were very liberal. They loved Jimmy Carter. They loved, I mean, they felt Roosevelt saved us in the, from the depression. They, so they'd been big Democrats ever since then. And we're so into not being racist, but they said so many things that now would be like totally unacceptable. Um, like my grandmother never had her ears pierced. And then I, you know, I didn't get my ears pierced for a long time either. I'm just not that big into wearing earrings. It's not my thing. But my sister pierced her own ears when she was in like in high school. And my grandmother was like, well, that looks awfully ethnic. <laughs> just all these things like this. So it was always something. But yeah, she used to use that word and it made me cringe. It made me, it did make me cringe also on the podcast the other day. So anyone I'm did I get to everybody? I think there's one more here. So uh, here's a Vegas story. The first time I went there, um, I was at the Flamingo, and this guy comes up to me, and he goes, um, you guys uh, like to party? And I'm like, what, like birthday parties? What are you talking about, man? And he goes, no, you know, party, and he winked. And I go, oh, no, we're not much of partiers. Uh, I was like, is this guy like a pimp? Yeah, I don't know. Or what that is means. he coming on to me? Anyway, all right, 
Bye. I guess you never know in Vegas. It could mean anything. In any case, there's not going to be exit music today because I didn't really feel like digging through Tom's computer to get it. I'm going to go take care of my poor, sick family. I love all you guys. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it so much. Sorry there wasn't a regular show today. I know that I'm a poor substitute for Tom that you all want to hear every day. I know I feel blessed to get to enjoy his presence every day. So I know how it must be to miss him, but I hope this was a good substitute and that he's feeling good again tomorrow. Um, the chat chat was great today, by the way. Uh, keep those messages coming. You can do that at burnbarrelpodcast.com. You can also write us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Or as always, find us on social media at burnbarrelpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. We are on Rumble. We are on YouTube and anywhere else you like to listen to podcasts. Have a great night, everybody. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.